Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What was the toughest part about, about rehabbing and what you had to go through? The toughest part? I don't know. Physically, it wasn't that tough. So I guess the mental part behind it, just waking up every day, driving to physical therapy and doing the monotonous deeds and tasks that actually lead to you know, getting your finger back to 100%, but the hardest thing would just be staying mentally strong and, and telling yourself that it's going to be better than it was before and putting the work in. And telling yourself, why the hell did I do what I did? Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. I mean, that, that, those are questions for right after. As far as the off season goes, I just wanted to fix it in that off season time. But, you know, could have gone back in time, I probably wouldn't have done it. At the time, you know, I think it was something that I had to do at that time. Like, what were you able to do motion-wise? You couldn't grip, but what could you do uh, to, to keep your arm moving? Well, the, uh, the finger was pinned straight for probably six weeks or so, and I couldn't do anything. You know, couldn't game, just kind of watch TV and stuff. Um, after that, um, the first step was getting the wrist back in action, like getting the motion back to snap down, pull down on the ball. And then after, you know, eight-week mark, we started to actually bend the fingers, and the rest is kind of history. I was going to say, you got like a, a lower body injury of some sort. You play the video game. No, no I was going to say you play the video games, right? Uh, yeah, you can rehab it. <laughs> yeah, when you're, bored, when you're bored, right? No doubt. So, yeah. so that must have killed you. It did. It did. Uh, I, I was what was really your go-to? Oh, man, at the time, I think I was playing World of Warcraft on the computer, and then uh, Borderlands came out, too, so I started playing that. Mostly Call of Duty, though. Call of Duty and World of Warcraft, two, two pretty nerdy games. When we, Now, you've looked pretty good so far. What was the one point where you said, okay, I'm back? I don't think I've really you know, gotten to a point where I think I'm back to where I was last year or anything. I think it's going to be a uh, scale up in spring training sort of deal. It's kind of how it is for me. I think uh, over the last five, six springs, velo kind of tends to trend up as the spring goes and into the season. It'll, you know, it usually halts and stays there somewhere around the mids. So that's where I'm trying to work up to. What do you think of the group? I mean, there's these younger guys. Not that you're old, but I mean, there's these young dudes throwing 100 now. What do you think of that? I think it's special, man. All these guys got to understand is, you know, their stuff will play. All they have to do is have it up top mentally. You know, if they got see Birdie slider and Birdie just going straight after people, that's all he's got to do. He'll be in the big leagues the whole year if he does that. 
Cedarlin threw a breaking ball yesterday. I think it was like 92. Yeah, yeah, that's some people's fastballs around here. I mean, I think I think my mat, I think fastest fastball has been 93 or something this this spring. So that's pretty special. Those guys came in ready. But it doesn't matter. I mean, you, you probably learned early on. It doesn't matter how hard you throw. It's all, it's about everything else, isn't it? And when do you get to that point, or when did you get to that point where you where you knew that you had the stuff to be a big league pitcher? I think you graduate from a thrower to a pitcher at some point, and some people do it later than others. When you throw really hard, it's easier to be a thrower. Um, not necessarily you're not necessarily a pitcher just yet because you hadn't had to be. You hadn't had to really pitch. Your stuff's so good that throw around in the middle, up, up, and someone's going to swing right through it. So I think when guys really learn how to pitch is when they're throwing their off speeds behind in counts, when they can't rely on their 100-mile-an-hour fastball or 95-mile-an-hour, whatever it is, and when they actually have to pitch, that's when you learn how to do it. And that, that'll happen on the mound. That's not something we do in the side work. That's something you get up on the bump, you have the 2-1 breaking ball called, and you execute the pitch to get back the 2-2. Those are the, the little things that make people better than the rest, if you can do that. Because chances are, if you're a hitter, it's a 2-1 count. What do you think's coming? Fastball. I mean, that's what I think's coming, a lot predominantly, just like a 2-0 count. So if you can throw a wrinkle in there, or they can't guess your tendencies, you're a whole different guy. What have you, obviously you had other stuff going on with the rehab in the offseason, but with the changeover and in the, in the new pitching coach, what have you learned from Oscar and, and, his, and, and his approach? I think Oscar's take, Oscar's take is a new school approach where we're actually utilizing all the information that you know, every other team has and they have on us. So if I have tendencies that I don't know about and another team knows about the tendencies, then I'm doing them a favor by playing into those tendencies. And Oscar's just bringing those tendencies to light. He wants us to know, what are we throwing at 2-1 to get back in the count? If it's 90% fastball, guess who else knows that? The hitter. And that's just it. We, get, we have to play those games because I know our hitters study. And I know every big leaguer hitter, if they're going to stay around in the big leagues, they're studying. So I don't want to be a quick study for them. I don't want to be the guy who they go over there and look at, they're like, all right, uh, 50% this, 60% that, blah, blah, blah. I want to be the guy where they're like, I don't know what he's going to throw me. I couldn't tell you. you know, he might throw me a changeup, uh, righty on righty, who knows. But I feel like the, the less predictable you are, the longer you stay around. You have that confidence now? I sure do, yeah. I mean, the confidence, it's something that can't fade if you're in the big leagues. It's not something that just... You can't let it go away. It has to be a thing or you're going to get ran over. I mean, confidence is key here. Not cocky, but believing in yourself is huge. Um, Maybe the biggest factor of being here. Everyone's talented here physically. Everyone can throw the ball hard or spin the ball well or hit the ball far. The key factors are brains, the mental capacity. Can you do it consistently every day? It's kind of what, what makes people stick around.